you know, word on the street was we're under a winter storm advisory today. Really? Yes. Like for snow? Well, I think they're getting snow north of us. We're, we're like on that line. It sleeted last night, didn't Sleet. it? Sleet. There was like freezing rain. I'm, I remember I was at work and Rachel was leaving and she was like, oh, it's not snowing, be but it's Be careful out there. So I was like, yeah, it's totally be careful. My legs are cold. It is not warm up here. No, we really need to do something about it. Have blankets and warm things to wear. Yeah, I don't know. It just I mean, seems a little it's cold. It's 69 in here. If, if, if it was like 66 or like 67, I'd be like, that's kind of not good. But 69 is like the regular. The you can deal with that. Yeah. All right. I feel you. I'm trying to get comfortable. So? I can feel myself <coughs> wanting to cough. Really? Yeah, it's not great. Want some water? I got some. Okay. I may be going to the well quite a bit this show. Oh, really? Yeah. It's bothering me a little bit today. Oh Let's gosh. just jump into it. If the dog's coming. All right, you better fix the thing. Let's get into it. It seems good luck's finally on my side. Talks. I'm Emma Tuss. And I'm Brandon Tuss. Happy Monday. Monday. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just going to get rid of the whole pretend. It's Sunday. We record it's on Sunday. Sundays. Happy yeah. Sunday. And it's a little moist outside here. It's cold. It's rainy. It's wet. It's not snow, which is good. It's cold. It's wet. It's depressing. It affects it's your gray. mood, doesn't it? I mean, maybe. And to an extent, yeah. To, what I, do you mean to an extent? Like sometimes, okay, if I'm already not doing well, the weather can definitely amplify that. But if I'm doing good and it's raining, I'm like, ooh, nice, cozy day to lay in bed. Like it, it depends on how I'm feeling already. So you're already not doing well is what you're saying? Well, I just have been having like an off couple of days now, I guess, maybe. Is it from work or is it no, from not from work, throwing you just, off? Just been like. Do you know what I think it is? What? I think it's we didn't have pizza night on Friday. It's oh, totally right. throwing yeah. us off. Yeah, you're gonna blame that. <laughs> We're having it tonight, though. We are. Gotta look. To, you gotta look to blame Pete. You gotta look, look to blame it on oh something. <laughs> I'm having a hard time talking, but you have to look to blame it on something. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think it has to be That's that true. way, though. I'm totally teasing. You should never mm-hmm. have to. You don't blame it on anything because you're you're responsible for how you feel about anything. No one can make you feel bad about yourself or something that they've done. You make the choice to feel that way. That's deep. I guess, yeah, but don't you think that if someone looks you in the face and says, you are ugly, that can really affect you? Oh, it can, absolutely, but right. you have a choice in that moment to realize it's not about you, it's about them. They don't think that they're beautiful, so they project outward that you're ugly, and they say things that you're ugly. And anyways, who's telling you they're ugly? I will punch them in their face. No, no, no one's t- telling them. Okay. I was using it as like an example of like... like Listen, it's a higher level of thinking that I have not mastered, so don't for a moment look to me as your Yoda, Do right? Do you know someone who has mastered that? Um, I think the majority of humans have not and will not. Because in the moment, when you have a choice to react, you more often than not will react in a negative way, and you will make it seem like it was about you. When in actuality, if a person is making fun of you, belittling you, belittling you, making you feel bad, 
you have to remember that that's them, not you. I have not gotten there. I'm not even close to getting there. Mom is good at it, but even mom has her moments. Every person I know has their moments. You just have to be able to realize in some awareness that it's not about you. Yeah. I don't know. That's a higher level thinking. Yeah. That's an evolved level of thinking that I have not mastered. Yet, yet I'm only in my mid to late 40s, so I've still got time. Yeah, but I'm, I'm in my mid to late teens, and I'm like, God. Hey, Zoinks. some days are going to be better than others. I mean, you are on the roller coaster of life. And it doesn't feel good when someone tells you, you have a choice to feel good or bad. Yeah. It doesn't feel that way when you're in darkness. So you need to find the light. Go to the light, Carol Ann. I mean, dog just... Have you seen Poltergeist? Um, actually... That was a Poltergeist reference. I... No, yes, I have. I've seen... Creepy. Parts with you, I think. Yeah. So when I said go to the light, it doesn't mean I want you to... You know, go into the netherworld right. and haunt ghosts. There's, we have a dog here, and he tries to eat our. We have a cupcake today. And we do. We're going at the end of the show. We're going to do our. Uh, we're going to do our big unveiling for the cupcake of the week. Mm, I'm pretty I, excited about that. I'll, I can. I can text Grandma a photo of it. Maybe you oh, totally should. No, we'll do a selfie. Okay. With us eating it. Yeah. And me like smearing it on your face and putting it on your <laughs> nose. Ain't boop. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get to that later. Let's yeah. get back to talking about ghosts and sadness. Ghosts and crippling sadness. depression. Yeah, crippling depression. Why have I been so freaking? Do you depressed? believe? Do you believe in the concept of seasonal affective disorder? I think so. Yeah, I agree. And you may have noticed that the last few days it's been overcast and cl- overcast and cloudy, <laughs> and the sun hasn't been out much. Yeah. And if the sun has been out, you haven't been out because you've been working late, so you kind of stay inside most days, and then. You get ready for work and you go to work, it's dark, and you come home, it's dark. I've just been having some really strange anxiety problems. Yeah. Like, I thought I solved these problems for myself a long time ago, and now they're kind of creeping back in again. I've been having anxiety attacks, like, every night now. Do you remember what you used to do to combat them? I've been trying to, like, think, like, what I did. And I'm, like, I'm wondering if it was um, just, like knowing that it's not real or something, but it's now, now it's just like, it's, it, I think it might be stress and then OCD mixed together and the season and how strange this year's already been, I guess, maybe. Can you think to know. a time when you had, didn't have them at all and what was clicking in the moment to maybe pull from something like that? God, you know what? I can't imagine a time where I didn't have any sort of like either anxiety or OCD. I'm trying to imagine, I guess it was like I had plenty of distractions and yeah. I always was, I always was doing something. Like when I was a le- when I was a kid and stuff, I could shut it down by going outside and playing. But now I don't really have any reason to go outside and play. Like I don't have anybody to hang out with. Well, really, that's true. You're probably not going to go out and play. I mean, you yeah. can if you want. I'll go play catch with you in the yard or something. Ugh. Or if you want to go, we used to play badminton during the beginning oh, yeah. of quarantine. Hey, I got some kick-ass spike ball court we could break out. Oh my god, spike ball! But you don't have to have a reason to go outside. You could take a nice 10-minute walk on the trail just by yourself, maybe put on some mood music in your earphones and just listen. And that could help. I The reason I bring up when was the last time you remember feeling really good about, you know, where you were at with your OCD and where you were at with your anxiety was when you were doing like yoga in the morning with mom. You had a routine. You were sort of going about your business. It didn't mean it wasn't there. And to be honest with you, Ems, it's always going to be there on some level. It's just a matter of finding what works best for you. Like for me, 
if I didn't have my morning routine of running, I would be afraid for where my head would go. Because I don't know if you knew this or not, but the reason I started my my streak of running to begin with was because I used to do this routine where I would run one day. I'd run like three miles one day. And then the next day I would walk. Then the next day I would run. The next day I would walk. And I just did that. So basically ended up being running three times a week, maybe walking four times a week. On those days when I didn't run, everything I put in my mouth, every thought that entered my head was, you're a piece of shit, you're fat, nobody's going to like you, you're lazy. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what, screw this. Instead of me beating myself up every other day because I'm choosing not to run, I'm just going to freaking run and just see how I can do this. And, and at the time, I had a running coach who was saying, you shouldn't run every day. It's not healthy for your body to run every day. And I was like, conventional wisdom may say that's correct because your body does break down. But I think that your body breaks down. It starts mentally in your head. And if your head is on straight, you're going to be able to see it through. I have since been doing this for nearly four years. I have not had any issues. And that voice in my head is quiet. Now, there's going to come a point in time when I can't do it anymore. And I'm going to have to go back to an every other day situation. I just have to be able to be confident enough to know that those voices, they're still there, but to be able to realize, hey, listen, I'll get through it. I think that's like a thing, too, I've been experiencing is like um, people will tell me what to do about my own brain. Like not not Tristan, not you guys, but people at work like my boss or certain people I work with will tell me how to think and how to do things. And it seems so unfair and it is belittling to tell me how to do my like my routine with my brain like I always I've been I've been figuring out methods to to make it quiet down for like years like I'm not new to this I'm not new to therapy I'm not new to any of it and they they treat me like I don't know anything because I'm like a girl and I'm white and I'm like you know I have, I have a job and I work like 10 hours a week maybe like you know what I mean they, th- they think that I don't have a reason to be not mentally well all the time it's very unfair and it hurts sometimes. It makes me feel like I'm not worth the time to tell someone that, hey, hey, I don't feel so good. Like last night, like I was just, I was doing fine. I was talking. And then if I if I focus on my breathing too much, then I can no longer, me and Tristan call it manual mode. Because usually breathing is automatic, right? But then when you think about it, you get switched to manual mode where you need to think about breathing. And you need to like focus on doing it. Because, like, when I was a kid, I'd be at a restaurant, for example. These always happen at restaurants with David for some reason. I don't know why. He talks a lot about bad stuff, though. But, you know. But, um, like, I'd be fine. And then I'd have a hard time swallowing. And then have, have a hard time breathing. And then focusing. And then loud noises would scare me. Like, that's why I hate live music. Because it always brings me back to, like, being in a restaurant, super crowded. I can't tell my mom, hey, I don't feel good. Because it's so loud in there. I guess it's just, like, I've been... I've been in, I've been on manual mode a lot. I'm trying to figure out a way to stop it. And I usually will like I'll pace around my room or I'll do a plank or a wall sit or I'll like just distract distract myself with like watching Tristan play a game or like like watching a video or something. And it usually helps, but it's always a temporary matter. And I know that it's gonna come back again. I have to like think of a plan. You know, I'm always like walking on eggshells around my own brain. Mm. Well, you do know like intellectually that your breathing is always on automatic mode. Right. Like if I told you right now, Emma, stop breathing. 
you could stop breathing until you couldn't. Yeah. Then it would automatically kick in. You just pass out and breathe again. No, you would your your body wouldn't allow you to. I don't think if you tried to stop breathing right now on this podcast, you could you couldn't do it. You would eventually get to a point <gasps> where you would take a breath. Automatic yeah. mode would kick in. And now the that's the logical part of it. Right. The illogical part of the part that you're dealing with inside your brain is that you have to tell yourself to breathe and you focus on your breathing and then you can't think of anything but the breathing. It's the same with the ringing in my ear, right? This ringing in my ear that's been going on for months. Yeah. It's probably 75 to 80% mental because I just went to the ENT and he told me it was fine. So just like I spoke about in the last episode, half the time it's it gets louder the more I focus on it, the more I attend to it. So the more you give your energy to it, the more likely it's going to continue. Now that means nothing to someone who's in the middle of it. So on one hand, if you flipped it with the people who are giving you advice at the office or at, you know, at the small cakes, if you flipped it saying, oh, they care about me, they only want what's best for me, rather than look at it from the perspective of, oh, they're trying to fix me, they're not listening to me, which is usually the case. Until you set a boundary and say, I don't want to have this conversation with you, so I'd appreciate privacy, then they're not going to know they're doing anything wrong in their eyes. You see what I'm saying? So you have a choice. You can either set the boundary or you can just learn to flip it and look at it from a different perspective of, oh, these people care about me. They just want what's best for me. I think that would be the only advice. And I, I hesitate to give advice especially to teenage girls, because it has blown up in my face more times than the Roadrunner and Wiley, Chase Wiley Coyote <laughs> off of a cliff, right? It's true. You because be you do, them. and you have to be very careful by telling people what they should be doing, even though behind it, they're really wanting what's best for you. When you say, hey, you know what you should do? Kiss my ass. You, yeah. don't, you don't should anybody, and I catch myself doing it all mom the time. Mom hates that. Oh, mom hates that a lot. Mom hates being told like, what you should do, you should watch this or read this. And, th- and then like, what we talked about this on the show, like when people like with television shows or movies, mm-hmm. you should watch this. What do you immediately do? Not want to do you that. You dig your heels in and you don't watch it. Yeah. Right. Because you don't want to be told what to do. It's the rebellious streak that is that lives inside every single human being. And I like to think that like I follow direction very well. I love direction and being told what to do. You love structure. Right. But I also know that when someone tells me what to do, it makes me want to do it less. It does. Or they like tell me what to do and it's like, hey, don't touch that button. I'll be like, I really want to touch that button now because you told me not to. You, you know? know what you should do, Emma? You should have more what anxiety. Should you should have more anxiety. Yeah. Because then see what I did? Yeah. I see Reverse. It. Yeah. Psychopathy. Psychosis. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. It's true. When someone tells you what to do, you almost immediately, especially when you're your age, want to go the completely opposite direction. There's all these comparisons right now happening, especially with like girls my age, because everyone's like, what college you get into? What college you going to? It's a lot like that right now, because a lot of girls are getting their, their letters being like, you got into here, and I can just feel like the like the negative energy going on. Where are you it. getting this information? Well, I'm I'm getting it like honestly from girls at work. I'm okay. getting it from girls coming into the shop. I hear things like I You're I not back on, on the socials, are you? I know. I have like I have like Snapchat. I'm not on Instagram or anything, but I can just like feel it happening because I know exactly how my friends used to operate when it came to comparing themselves and who's smartest and who has the highest GPA and who is going to which college and I think it's personally I don't really it doesn't affect me because I'm not 
involved because do I'm you in feel, my college. Do you feel less than? No. I'm very proud of where I've gotten to. I think that I worked hard for it to a kind of, <laughs> and I think that like I, I'm happy with where I'm going. I'm not, I'm not at all embarrassed or ashamed that I didn't go to an Ivy league school. Cause I didn't really, I didn't work to get into one. I didn't really feel the need to. Well, you know, you're, you're highly empathetic, right? Yeah. So you're an open center. You've been told this before by multiple people. You take in everybody else's energy. So when people are happy, you're happy. When there's people who are sad, you don't feel so good because you want to make them feel better, right? Yeah. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. So even though you say it doesn't affect me, it does affect you because you're talking about it. You're picking up on the competitive energy of people saying, I got into Chapel Hill, I got into NC State, I got into Yale, whatever it yeah. might be. You say it doesn't affect you, but on some level it does. Maybe it's because you feel like you cut yourself short. Maybe App State wasn't the dream. Maybe you're thinking of something else. It doesn't matter what it is. The truth is, is that you've got a really wide open awareness around things. Like you're, you're so much further along than most 17 year olds. It's just that when you hear people talking about it, it must trigger something inside of you that maybe makes you feel like you're less than, even though you applied to one college, mm -hmm. your dream college without a safety net and you nailed it. And I would also push back on you when you said you didn't work hard to get here because you absolutely 100% did work hard to get here. So knock it off. I guess. I guess I'm just, I'm thinking about it um, because this time last year, I always think about like this time last year or the year before that because January has always been a strange month for me. I've always had very strange Januaries because that could be a result of, you know, the, the seasonal sort of feelings. But I remember like, Two Januaries ago, I think my sophomore year, it was a really not good time with my girlfriend group because they were always telling me that I didn't know anything. I remember one fight I got into with them I got so upset about because I was I was sitting at some kind of I was at I was in class with two of my friends in quotations because I don't really believe they were ever were Never. friends. And there were just two girls, and they thought they were so smart. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are very academically smart. I will give you that. You know, you can you can do some notes, you know. But then um, they were saying how they're talking about politics, which is never a good idea. Never. Ever. And they were talking about how the Don was not running again, which he was. And I knew he was because I knew that. Like, I wasn't, you know... I wasn't going to, like, assume that he wasn't because why, why would he, you know? And they tell me, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm like, I don't think I am, though. I'm like, I, st I, stood my ground. I stood my ground about it. I was like, I don't think I am wrong. Look it up. And they were, they were so, they almost got scared that I was right, and they didn't look it up. And they continued to make me feel stupid when I showed them. I was like, look, see here, this Google thing says he's running again. They're like, they're like, that's not right, though. It's the news. And I'm like, oh, fine fine like I, I just I am not like the kind of person to hate being wrong I accept that I'm wrong all the time and I accept that I lose things all the time it's more like the um it was like mocking my intelligence making me feel like I wasn't knowledgeable about anything and they always did that to me and now I'm like I surround myself with people when I can that are very positive and care about me and want to make sure I feel validated like that and I, I try to make myself feel validated, too, because I do deserve to be listened to and heard and not, like, treated like I don't matter. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the best thing you ever did was walk away from that friend group because they were not good for you. You actually were dumbing yourself down to fit in. And 
to be honest, that's high school. That's what you do. You you fall in line with a group or a clique or whatever you want to call it, and then you play a role within that sub subgroup. And your role was the ditzy, you know, doesn't like, I know made, anything. I made everybody laugh. Pushover. Yeah, like, you were the, you were the funny one, but you were also a pushover. And when you pushed back, they would only come at you harder. There's people out there, and I know this for a fact because I'm one of them who has a strong need to be right. Your sister's another person who has a strong need to be right. They will people like that will argue the contrarian point on almost everything just to be able to validate their own feelings. And when that happens, even if you're right, no matter what you do, you pushing that agenda is not going to get you anywhere. So you just kind of like shrug it off and be like, well, okay, we'll see. That's my usually popular one. But I hate to do that too, because then you're almost buying into the fact that you want them to be wrong so that you yourself can feel better about yourself. And you should never seek outside validation to feel better for yourself. Yeah, but it's true. But the best thing you ever did was walk away from that group because they did not know what they had in you. You are loyal. You are kind. You are compassionate. And you're always for the other person. You're not you're not, you know, just for yourself. You're for other people. And I think that's what gets you in trouble around this empathy center being wide open. You got to really be careful about that because, you know, look, we could go down a woo woo friggin' angle here with being a, you know, your chakras are open and all these other sorts of things. But the reality is this, there are people whose, whose empathy centers are wide open and you pick up on all sorts of energy. When someone is in pain, you're in pain. When a nation is in pain, you're in pain. And then you start to, and then it rises up from your heart into your head And then when it gets in your head, look out because that's when your OCD kicks in and that's when you worry about things like breathing or swallowing or all these other sorts of things. So you really have to be mindful of that. And I don't know, I'm not an expert on how to close that off. I'm trying to crack that code without losing a part of myself. Well, and you can't, yeah, you you don't, definitely don't want to lose that because being empathetic is an extremely valuable piece of who you are. Like people need people like me. 100%. 100%. But also, you need people like you, so you yeah. are the most important. Like, you, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, this is where being selfish is your, is your best weapon. And a lot of people would say, oh, don't be selfish. You know, you're taught as a kid, you know, share your toys. Don't be selfish. The reality is every single human being should be selfish. Now, that doesn't mean we can't be selfless and help others. But when it comes down to it, you know, if we're on the savanna and being chased by a tiger, I'm all about BT here. Really? Just even like if, even if it's if it's mom and you running, hundred percent. Like, Are you kidding? Hundred percent. I'd you have to. <laughs> you wouldn't be like. So so okay. you're saying I should sacrifice myself so you women could run the world? Come on now. No, <laughs> I just, I think that's a really interesting analogy. So if you're if you and mom mean that I'm being chased by an ostrich, you're gonna be like, okay, guys, bye. I no, I would run this way. Listen, I would run off, mm-hmm. and it would follow me because I'm bigger and more powerful, and plus I have abs and big muscles, right. so it would chase after me causing you three to go off to safety in your glamping tent having high tea mm-hmm. while I'm being pecked <laughs> apart by an ostrich. You see how that no. works? You could you could run and get help and then bring the ostrich to the help so they can help with the ostrich. That's true. But getting back to the point of being selfish, there's nothing wrong with being selfish because it's putting you first. You should always put you first. Now, that doesn't mean you can't help other people, but you do things in your mind that really are going to help get you to a place of, of calm and contentment. And right now it doesn't sound like you're there, but 
you're aware of it. That's the first step. You're aware that you don't feel good. And now it's a matter of figuring out what you can do to get back to where you were. I mean, the good thing is that like this is not a an all the time occurrence. You know, I have really good days. Like yesterday, yesterday started really nice. Like I I, you know, had a cute outfit on. I wore jeans. I never wear jeans out in public. It was the first time I've worn them out in public. Um, I wore a nice, pretty new sweater, and I, I got some fun things at the store. I got some Valentine's Day gifts. I got something for myself, which I was really excited about, actually. I got I got a stuffed animal. I know, I know. I'm, t- I'm kind of old for them, but I was at a store that I haven't been at before. It's, like a, bu- it's a boutique, boutique because my mom and I wanted to, like, go to small businesses because they're hurting and they're, you know, trying to help out people. Like, Target can wait on Target can wait, yeah. Um, and I was I was looking around. They have a huge jelly cat section, and I love jelly cats of animals. They are the softest, most quality. They all have the best personalities, if that makes sense. Like, they're always, like, very lovable. And I met, I met eyes with, like, this, this white dragon with, like, sparkly wings and, like, little sparkly head thingies. And he's white, and he's so soft. Like, this, like, the softest. And I'm like, you know what? This may be expensive, but I really, really want it. And it sparked joy for me. So I followed that joy, and I got it for myself. I named him Puff, like the magic dragon. That is amazing. Yeah. So when you're having those moments, maybe Puff has been brought to you for when you're feeling like you are today to have a good cuddle and a good cry, yeah, and to be re- able to realize that tomorrow will be better, or even better, the next minute will be better, the next yeah. hour will be better. Dude, crying is so important. Like, honestly, some days I get sad. Like, not, okay, not sad, I guess, like indifferent. And a good cry cures that for me. I just need to get whatever, like, it's almost like when I, okay, so yeah. So the empathy, right? I'll take it in. It bubbles up, it gets to my brain, and then I have to, you know, like my, 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 my kettle is full, it's boiling, it's time to release, and I release through a good cry, and the energy comes out of me, and that like, that is kind of woo-woo, I guess, but it, it makes sense in my head. That's, it's just called expression, because yeah. here's the reality, whatever you, don't ex- whatever you don't express will be suppressed. So suppression means you just keep pushing it down. So if you let your tea kettle get to the point where it's boiling, and if you do not allow that steam to be released, what happens? It just keeps making that loud it noise. It blows up. It's going to yeah. blow up eventually. And that's what happens with people. They push down their feelings instead of being open and honest about them. They push them down, and then it gets to a point where there's a breaking point, and then they snap and they hurt someone or say something to someone that really hurts their feelings. That's how I used to be. I'm not saying I'm 100% free of that. I'm still That's still a part of me and will forever be a part of me. I've got coping strategies now to be able to deal with it, but in moment of weakness... It comes up on you. So you always have to be vigilant. That's the interesting part. And that's why I am glad you're growing up in this day and age. Because when I was a kid, you didn't have these conversations with people. You know, you didn't have this conversation with your parents. And you didn't have this conversation on a podcast going out to millions of people listening right now. Right? right? So you sit there and you think about this. That's what's been great about your generation is the honesty and the openness about their feelings. Now, that being said, there also comes a moment where you got to suck it up and you really got to figure out what works best for you. And I think you'll get there. It's just a matter of the key is you're already aware of it. It's just a matter of getting to that place where I feel good about who I am. And I guess in in times like this, a cupcake might help. (gasps) 
Nice segue. Mm. All right. So here we go. We're going to try our cupcake of the week. So why so don't we... Let me describe this for you. This yeah, is... You describe it while I go ahead and cut it. is our homemade strawberry cupcake with a vanilla buttercream and pink sanding sugar. I decorated it myself. My spirals have gotten a lot better. If we ever make cupcakes for anything, I think it's so cool that I can do like a bake sale. Like when I have kids, I can be like, I kids, step aside. I can do this for you and I can make it. Well, I will say this. This cupcake weighs four pounds. It's a big guy, yeah. So... Do you like strawberry cupcakes? I do like strawberry do. cupcakes. I think it's delicious. I love the I love the little Sanding sprinkle. Sugar. Mm-hmm. And I love the twist that you have on there. It almost looks a little floral at the top. It almost looks mm-hmm. like a little rose to me. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I do when I eat a cupcake is I take all that icing off. You shouldn't do that, though. So how do you want me to cut this thing? Just cut, cut, cut it in half, and you can take off your I'm frosting. Gonna, I'm going to unpeel it first, Unpeel though. it, yeah. Okay. And it's you can you'll notice it's very moist. All our cupcakes are very very moist. And you said the secret was. I think the secret may be sour cream. Got you. Okay, you ready? I'm gonna mm-hmm. cut it. Boy, this looks really good, man. There it is. There Look it at is. that. Yeah. Now this is gonna fall over. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. Let her fall. All right. So what I do is I muck this off, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have a bite of it. Okay, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This is an Emma cupcake. Here we go. Mm. Is it good? It is good. I haven't had the strawberry cake, actually. You know what, though? It does need a little bit of sugar. Yeah. Meaning I need a little bit of icing, so I'm going to take a little piece of icing. I've eaten since 3 o'clock yesterday. Oh, my God. This would be so good with a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You get a bite of that. What I like is you get a bite of that moist cake, and it literally is the the, the super moist cake that does it. Yeah. But then you've got this, like, icing that goes with the cake that just brings it all home. Oh and what was the name of this one? Just a regular old, just strawberry? Just strawberry, yeah. You don't have a fancy name, like Mm-mm. a strawberry schwizzle? It's not an actual special. Oh, you just made this one on mm-hmm. the fly. Oh, wow. Okay, I thought you were pulling one off the rack. No, I made this one because um, we had leftover cake. Are you guys doing a sign? Didn't you say you don't have a signature strawberry? We don't, but we need to add one. Like Because you said a lot of people have been coming in recently looking for strawberry. Yeah. People want that fruit flavor right now. That's why, like, lemon and wedding cake have been so freaking popular. Well, yeah, and it's the it's the, it's the the middle of winter, right? So people mm-hmm. just want something fresh and delicious. I would highly recommend the strawberry. And if a person comes into Small Cakes, can they order a strawberry? Mm, or, yeah. or can... So I guess, can you go a la carte off the menu? Like, if there's something that is not being currently made, could I come in and say, could I get a chocolate cake with this kind of frosting and a peanut butter yes. cup? You can do that. You would have to order it 48 hours ahead of time. Oh, so you just can't walk in off the street and do it. Yeah, you have to. If you want like a special flavor we don't have anymore, we have to make everything. So we pay for it beforehand and then come pick it up. Gotcha. Like people come in, they want a, a July flavor, like a creamsicle. And yeah. They order it. I mean, we get it for them. And we you're good. Mm-hmm. But if they come in off the street, they can't because it's going to take too long to do it. That is the worst. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So... Do you feel sometimes like a mad scientist? Because now that I know that you can create these wicked flavors like you did with this one, are you going to try and do that more? Or is it just when you get an opportunity to be in the kitchen? I think I might. Because you got to work. I think you work midweek this week. So are you going to try and bring something home? I'm not sure. Am I going to? I don't know. I mean, we're already doing this is our cupcake of the week. So we probably don't want to get too excited about that. But maybe the next one, you could whip up some crunchy flavor. I would like to try. The caramel crunch? Yeah. I do. I do want to try like the caramel 
cake with the crunchiness, but you will always surprise us. Don't tell us what it is, okay. but surprise us for the next time. Okay. Because I love it. It's delicious. We have all kinds of buttercreams too. The caramel buttercream, caramel frosting, because it's different. Um, there's so much. Yeah. We have oh, a. Oh, man. It's so good. Mm hmm. The oh. cake is so moist. I don't know the how they do it. The cake is good. I don't either. Well, how, I don't know how you do it. You're the one that did it. Yeah. Thank my boss, though, for making these, all these. So she baked cakes. it, right? Uh huh. And then you put it together. Mm hmm. That's excellent. Now that we got it all over the carpet. Yeah. And all over my microphone. I'm going to make you think. Oh, pizza night tonight. Oh, my God. We uh, put on pizza. You're putting on it. Got to be careful. We're putting on yours. Tonight? Mm-hmm. I know. We, we had to switch. So we switched pizza night from Friday, our usual Friday, to mm-hmm. Sunday so that Emma could participate because she doesn't work tonight. Tonight, I'm going straight classic. Mm. Doing cauliflower crust, San Marzano sauce, going with the Manchego cheese, and then sausage and peppers okay. and onions. Sausage, pepper, onions. I might sneak a few green olives on there just for a little yell, just yes. for a little bite. I'm gonna do. Do we have mushrooms? We do have mushrooms. Mm. I'm gonna do mushrooms, peppers, um, green olives, and sausage, and then cubed ham if we if we have any um, of that. And we're watching a movie tonight. We are family movie night. What are we watching? Watching a movie, a new movie on Apple called Palmer. Oh, Justin Timberlake. It's supposed oh. to be really good. Just came out on Friday. And it's non-negotiable? Non-negotiable. You are in tonight. This is mom's deal. That's why we oh, pushed really? off. This is why we pushed off pizza night till Friday. From okay. Friday to Sunday. Oh, Tristan, no. Yeah, let him know you got family. But it won't be too late because mm-hmm. I got to work tomorrow morning. But yes, and also, me too. we didn't get a chance to talk about News of the World. Got to tell Grandma Mary Pat. It's playing at the Washoe right now. Oh. Go wash it. News yeah. of the World. It I liked really it a good lot. Grandma. It, it was, was really great. Good. And Tom Hanks like is it. just classic. Does she have a crush on Tom Hanks, you think? She loves Tom Hanks. Who doesn't? Mm. I got a crush on Tom Hanks. Can I eat that? It's all yours. I'm done. All right. And that was our cupcake of the week. Mm-hmm. Emma's strawberry special. Mm-hmm. Strawberry shortcake. Funny, yesterday I had a strawberry drink with mom. I had a sensational strawberry tea. It was delicious. Well, you've been dipping strawberries for oh. months now. Oh, I, I feel like. I'm on a kick of strawberries. You are. And there's, there's fresh, delicious strawberries sitting in the fridge right now downstairs. Mm-hmm. Why are you not eating those? Get on it. Because food is... This is ASMR now. It is very ASMR. <laughs> um, that was good. I liked mm-hmm. it. I liked that one. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for for let. Like, it's always been exciting to bring something home, and I haven't been able to for so long, except for like Zach, maybe one time. Yeah. I'd love bringing something. home. I don't mind a little gluten in my diet, like mm-hmm. a little here, a little there. Me like too. I don't do it all the time. But my highlight is when you put these little hearts and this little cat drawing mm-hmm. on the top of the small cakes. Last one was Pink Panther. I love doing little drawings. Next time, I want it to be Peanuts. Okay. And then maybe Garfield. Oh, that's a hard one. I feel like I'd be waiting in the back for a while to make that one. And then Beavis and Butthead. Okay. Nice. I just know that if if Tristan comes to visit me at work, I'm going to do a little cute design on the box. Do you know what you do a good one of? You do a good Bobby from King of the Hill. Oh my God, my Bobby. Yeah. Your Bobby sits in my office. That was, I was so good at art that one. And your Uma Thurman. Your Uma Thurman as well from Mm -mm. Pulp Fiction. Oh my God, it was so good. Those, those are good, actually. They're great. I'm I surprised I did so well oh, doing those. Amazing. I was not feeling You're an it. artist. You're an artist. All right, we should get out of here. Yeah, this has been Corn Talks. Thank you so much for listening. We love every single one of our listeners. Hi, Grandma. I love you. Yes, we do. Have a great week. I mean, yeah. it's Monday. You got the whole week ahead of you here. What comes next is entirely up to you. Yeah. Have an amazing week, and we'll talk to you guys all on Friday. Yes, we will. Bye, Emma. Bye-bye.